Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video editor at Pixelkin.org, and I'm here tonight with Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. Hi, Brianna. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I was. I was really. I wish on this podcast I were left shark, but since Christina Warren is on this podcast <laughs> with me, I cannot be left shark. So I'm going to have to start a third, fourth, possibly a fifth podcast just to be left shark. Brianna, how does that make you feel? I, I feel like I've failed. Is there a left shark-shaped <laughs> hole in your heart? There is. There is. Like, I don't know, Christina, like, when, when I run into you at, uh, you know, Dub Dub next year or whatever, if you're not dressed as a left shark, I'm just, like, <laughs> WWDC will be ruined <laughs> for me. Oh, I will definitely be dressed as a left shark. It will be a fitted costume, okay. so it's going to look good. Great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, it's not going right. to be, you know, bunchy or whatever, but yes, I will totally do that. <laughs> okay. I will totally do that. Okay. And are you literally buying... Uh, patterns to make the left shark costume brianna is that what i okay saw? look look i can use a sewing machine but i i i paid <laughs> the extra money like getting the patterns to to make it yourself was 15 dollars. i am an adult with a credit card and a checking account so i paid <laughs> the extra 40 dollars to have someone make it for me so all right, all right. i will have a shark costume i guess this can be right shark or some shark. Yeah. Yeah. Sub, I can't usurp Christina's shark. position, obviously. Oh, and I'm going to shoot a viral video of running a GSX scrum meeting <laughs> in a shark costume. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Oh, Speaking fantastic. of Christina Warren, Christina Warren, a senior tech analyst at Mashable, is also with me tonight. Left shark, Christina Warren. At left shark, Christina Warren, that is. That, that's exactly what it is going to be. I think I'm going to change my Twitter name now to, to left shark. Uh, this- it's so unfair because I was the first shark, really. It's always been my Twitter bio. And now I hear your left shark, Brianna's right shark. Where does that leave me? Just any You're Katy Perry. So I want to <gasps> understand this joke, Simone. So you had a boyfriend or a friend that was making pictures of your face with different animals forever. Is, oh. is that it or am I missing it? Yeah. God, no. Um, okay. Sean McElroy, he's the um, community moderator at Polygon. Oh. Uh, he, I basically, in some Facebook conversation, I photoshopped my head and legs onto an ostrich. As I do. can't explain yeah. why this happened. <laughs> um, and he took it and ran with it, um, It as a, as a good friend does. And he made an alphabet with me on an animal, 26 animals. Um, the shark was actually my favorite, but that is not where the smart and trustworthy shark Twitter bio came from. I don't actually remember where that came from, but uh, I think I've, I've posted a couple of the pictures. Jellyfish is really good. Shark is really good. Um, they're all very uncanny valley and horrifying <laughs> in the best way possible. They're great. Thank you. I really like Photoshopping myself where I don't belong. Makes me feel loved. <laughs> So, but why are you a shark? That's the part of it I don't understand. Because, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, um, I, I literally don't remember. It's probably one of those things that came up in a meeting one day and I was like, this is a joke now and I'm going to run with it. <laughs> and um, it's it's now immortalized forever. I guess That's it's me. just if I'm thinking about animals that you remind me of, like shark is not what comes to <laughs> mind to me. Like Christina Warren, definitely. Like like shark for real. But oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm afraid of her. She, she lives in the sea, as far as I can tell. 
Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I actually have a frog suit, like um, the Kigurumi, those big uh, onesies, the Japanese fleece pajamas. Right. Oh, I nice. have one. Um, so I wear it around the house, just this giant frog suit. And um, <laughs> <laughs> lots of pictures of me in that that are more than embarrassing enough. Um, that's why you should be my friend on Facebook. Don't be my friend on Facebook. But um, so I, I don't know why I'm, not, I'm a frog and not a shark, but. And my Twitter is a lie. My entire online identity is a lie because inside I'm just a frog. A frog wearing a girl suit, I believe. I think Christina gave you what you had coming. <laughs> I thought this was coming for a long time. So, oh, You're right. going to be getting a very uh, snarky, sassy Brianna today. I've had a long day. I've been in court all day today filing Gosh. a restraining order against somebody that's been sending me death threats. So it's been a long day for me. A well-deserved restraining order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> be as snarky just, as you want. Yeah, the judge just looks at it. And he's like, "Yep." That's <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty great. Makes sense. Yeah, this makes a lot. He's like, "Yes, this is granted." Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh well, we will. I'll, I'll, I'll be your punching bag tonight. That's totally all right. fine. All right, I'm all ready right. and willing. I'm already Courtney's punching bag at Pixelkin. So. <laughs> I don't. Did you guys watch the video of us playing Kahoot? She is. She yells at me. She. To be fair, I was very bad at that game. We were playing a quiz <laughs> game, and she's just like, "Simone, what are you doing?" So you know, I guess that's my role in this in this job. Company punching bag. She seems like somebody that you don't you want to be on Courtney's good side. Oh yeah, I, I think oh, we yeah. all agree with that. So well, not yeah. only does she have the wine in her desk, but she also has the knives. So. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess your office is a lot more bloodthirsty than I would guess for like a family-oriented <laughs> gaming site run by women. That's uh, kind of hardcore. We have like, to be ready to go to war at a moment's notice, Brianna. Pulls out a knife. She's like, I will cut you. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? All right, should we get to it? Let's hop to it. Let's do it so Brianna can go to bed. <laughs> What? No, no, I am. I am awake. I'm super punchy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to get into a a little bit of uh, insider baseball. So, you know, Serenity Caldwell, who, you know, like, uh, I I wouldn't go so far as to say we're friends, but, you know, like, I know her professionally. Like, she's cool. She's been to my house. And, uh, you know, she wrote a really acerbic, I think would be the right word for it, kind of punchy uh, uh, piece for uh, Imor this week that I loved because it starts with a, a quote from Sports Night, <laughs> which is, yes, that's the best part of it. Best oh, Sports Night is the best show ever. I love that show. Uh, and it's anyone who can't make money off iPads or uh, the unofficial Apple weblog should get out of the money-making business. And... Um, to give you a little bit of background, um, this week, uh, it's actually been rumored for a while now that AOL was closing down both uh, Joystick, who is run, it was formerly run by my friend uh, Susan over there, and they also closed down, uh, you know, uh, how do you pronounce this, the acronym uh, for it? Uh, TUA or T-O-A-W, yeah. but TUA. TUA. Is, is, you know, like, 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 like
Um, uh, from Son of a Woman, no, it's uh, Tua, or I, I would usually just call it T-U-E-W, but Tua, T-U-E-W, which stands for the unofficial Apple web Web-log. blog. Yeah, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, I think. It does like, not, it and, not and it also name. did not ever engender us to Apple's good side, because yeah. it had the name Apple in the title, and they never liked that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can really see that. So, anyway, uh, you know, it was really, really going, um, basically tearing it apart, so I guess I'll open that up to you guys like what did you think of it like well i think what what stood out to me most about serenity's piece was the fact that she that apple has made a business making one ubiquitous product which is the iphone and then other products that are useful to certain people and they're really really good at be at doing that thing And so they've specialized in a way, and it's really helped them. And what AOL has done with shutting down the unofficial Apple weblog and um, Joystick, although we'll probably get into more about what's happening with Joystick later, what they've done with folding the unofficial Apple weblog and Joystick into Engadget is basically say that there is no niche market for talking about these products. It's all tech stuff. So it's going to go in this general tech website and in that way, it's kind of it's the opposite of what how Apple has been really successful, and I I just think it's a really interesting comparison to make, um, looking at Apple's marketing decisions and AOL's decisions in um, what media they're publishing. Absolutely, absolutely. It, and and this is the part where I disclosed that I worked for the unofficial Apple Weblog for two years. In fact, that's actually <gasps> where I got my start yes. writing. I actually didn't know that, Christina. Um, that's cool. I did know yeah, that because I was I, reading about it today. <laughs> I, I, I was there for from 2007 to 2009, and, and that's the place I actually credit. I credit Mike Rose, who was one of the editors there. He's my mentor. I credit him with teaching me to write for the web. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the place where I actually wound up meeting my husband because um, when, when AOL mm. or Weblogs Inc., when they hired me, they hired me for both TOAW and Download Squad, which uh, was shut down a, a couple of years ago, and Grant ran Download Squad, and we did a video podcast together in Atlanta and that's how we met, but it's how um, I uh, I was at Macworld with TOAW when I got engaged. Um, it was my first professional tech writing experience. And in a lot of ways, I mean, this is where I disclose, like, the life that I have today is is in mm-hmm. no small part due to, to TOAW and, and oh. um, to the people I met there. So um, I can't pretend to talk about this without being personally invested. Yeah. Um, and it's very sad, you know, to see it, to see it shut down. The one thing I would say is, is I really liked Serenity's piece, and, and I, I agree with most of what she's saying, but I do think that there is some credence to the idea that there it was, in a sense, perhaps easier to run an Apple site 10 years ago when Apple was still a niche company and when it was not a mainstream company because mm-hmm. you had the fans who were actively seeking out the news, and you still have those people there. But the hard thing is, is that today because... Everyone covers Apple. You know, I go on TV every single week talking about Apple on mainstream cable networks. And when it becomes such a massively mainstream topic, it does tend to, you're going to have competition from places like The Verge, from Engadget, from mm-hmm. Mashable. You know, I mean, we write about Apple all the time, you know, from, from um, you know, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, you know, places that you wouldn't typically think of as tech publications are in the Apple business. And so that makes it more difficult, I do think, for a really niche specific site to maybe gain some of the mind share, especially if you're a company like AOL that is actually going after 
bigger eyeballs. You know, they have right. their, they're their homepage yeah. business. So I, I think that the sites like I'm more Mac stories are, are, um, great examples of, of sites that they can show that that niche is still alive and well. But, you know, Serenity, who is at I'm she was at Macworld, you know, and Macworld shut down and, yeah. and they're basically just limping along with kind of a web only thing. You know, I mean, that right there, I think is kind of proof that if, you know, it's easy to say, well, if, if AOL can't make money doing this, then what are they in any business doing? And, and that's, that's a fair comment to make. But I think by the same token, you know, IDG would shut down Macworld magazine. You would think even with the, the state of the, the, you know, magazine industry that you would be able to support, um, Mac publications or, or Mac oriented sites. And that just hasn't borne out. And, and so I, I think that. The comparison is interesting, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of disagree with her a little bit because I do think that it's knowing that the, the business realities behind publishing, which I do know very well, yeah. both kind of from as a writer and, and also knowing things that happen behind the scenes in a business sense. Uh, I think it's harder sometimes to capture the audience when everybody is the potential audience than it is when you are just going after that really fervent, loyal fan base, which for many years, Apple fans you could count on them to to go to everything. And there's still a small number of them who love everything Apple and will come to you. But it's harder when they have so many other news sources and when everybody's doing it. You know, even they start to feel spread thin. And 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 I think we've all noticed that when we saw Macworld, you know, the conference shut down. And, and if you go to WWDC, you know, it, it feels less like a family than it used to. And that's okay. Right. Um, it's just that um, that core community that I think was really the sort of thing that allowed sites like TOEW to thrive in the early years is not there to maybe necessarily let it thrive once everybody and their brother is writing about Apple. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I guess, and this is this is just speaking to my experience, but it, it seems like there are two things going on here. And the first is AOL. Um, you know, I know a little bit more about the the joystick in Stider Baseball, but everything I'm, I'm hearing from people that were kind of over a joystick was, you know, AOL was a parent company that truly didn't understand and support their brand and kind of didn't give them the backup and the support that they that they needed as they were going forward. Um, yeah, I remember Susan talking on Twitter a while back about needing joystick to look solid on mobile devices. Guess what? That's where everyone reads their news these days. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, and the site looked like crap on that. And it's it's not surprising that that, that affected it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's clearly a parent company thing. Um, but I think there's the other side of this. Um, and, you know, I'm just speaking for myself here. Um, I used Windows for a really long time. You know, I, I did Windows Server deployments, and in 2007, I got the Mac bug. And if you come to my house, like we have all Macs, <laughs> all Apple displays, all time capsules. I use Beat as my, Beats as my music streaming service. You know, I I don't have I don't invest money in products that basically Apple doesn't make. I I like their products, mm-hmm. but if I think about like my purchasing and consumer behavior back in 2008 through about, you know, maybe 2012. Um, I know I was going to rumor sites a lot more, like reading. Right. There was this mystery about what Apple was going to do. Christina, you have to remember this. Like when people would in- endorse the, uh, you know, invoke the North Carolina data facility into every single <laughs> Apple conversation oh, it would. about no, everything. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, before yeah. Mark Gurman became like the only rumor machine in town, right. you know, it was it was it was a big deal, and and leaks were not happening 
happening as frequently. You know, stuff right. was kept more secret, and it was exciting. Um, right. At this point, it's the the problem is is that literally Apple leaks make national news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not and that's not hyperbole. You know, I've, I've gone on CNN before to talk about rumored Apple products yeah. on multiple occasions. This is mainstream, like, and, and I'm talking like, you know, CNN's morning news, you know, news program. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about like, like a business show. I'm talking about like, you know, they'll bring you on like for like the, you know, um, uh, America's newsroom section or whatever, nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. because it's one of those things they just run because they know that's what people care about. And so when you've got something that's that mainstream, that literally is on the local news. When local news affiliates will come to my office and will ask me about Apple leaks and Apple rumors, it's hard for a site that stands, you know, that, that is doing that as a niche service and is also doing tips and tricks and, and all the other wonderful things that TOEW did. It's hard for them to stand out, especially if you're in the display advertising business and everybody's writing about Apple. So how are you going to convince people to advertise with you rather than you know, the New York Times. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think there's a depth of coverage. I mean, you know, when every once in a while, like if I'm thinking about buying a new machine, I will go over to Mac rumors. And, Absolutely. you know, like I read and see, like, for instance, I have thought about getting a MacBook Air this year. And I, I'm right. not going to do that until the, the February event that's coming out. But I guess I'm saying, like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Apple in winning everything so completely in the in the industry to a certain extent, I feel like it's now become so regular that I know I don't visit these sites even a fraction exactly. of how much I so used to. So in a way, to. the ubiquitousness of the right. iPhone has right. done away with the niche market. It kind of has. I mean, that was kind of my point. I think you said it more eloquently mm-hmm. than, than I than I was than I was saying it, Brie. But that's kind of my point. It's the thing that it it is everywhere, and so it's no longer. I mean, and, and this is something that Mashable kind of went through when we were transitioning as a company into being more of a general news site. You know, when I started with the company almost five and a half years ago, um, I think that our tagline then was the social media guide. And I a lot of what we that. wrote about yeah. was social media almost exclusively. And then we started transitioning more into typical digital culture. And, mm-hmm. and now, of course, we're more of a general news site. But as we made each of those transitions, you know, to some people did criticize us and say, oh, you know, why are you covering you know, Mac stuff, when I started, actually, like, why are you covering Mac stuff? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to only cover social media. And and the answer was, well, they hired me. And I want to write about Mac stuff, I want to write about Apple stuff. Um, But one of the things that that we kind of became aware of, you know, is we realized that every story is a social media story, every story is Mm -hmm. a digital story, every story has these components. And, And you can almost say the same thing about tech that there are very few tech stories that you can't in some way relate to Apple, whether it's how does it compete with what they're doing? How does it, you know, mash into their, their, their market plans or what's going on? Um, and that's not because everything's all about Apple, but because they're the biggest tech company in the world. Right. So yeah. there's always some sort of parallel there. And so when you think about things in those lenses, being very focused, unless you are very, very specific about what you're doing. So you're doing like Syracuse's reviews that he does, you know, for ours oh, every man. year <laughs> or, or, or what, 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 what Fed does at Mac stories. Um, and, and, and to an extent, you know, kind of the enthusiast thing that, that I more is really cultivated and done a really good job with. It's difficult. I do think, um, to stand out, um, when literally everybody is kind of doing that stuff, maybe not to the same depth, but it's just, you see it everywhere. So it's like mm-hmm. you care less. And and as a fan, you don't have to go searching for it anymore. So it's just always in front of mm-hmm. you. So you're not you're not saying, oh, you know, it's kind of like movie news to a certain extent if you're really into yeah. comic book stuff. As comic book stuff became mainstream, 
we probably spend a lot less times on, you know, some of the some of the geekier sites because all the mainstream sites started covering it too and frequently mm-hmm. had better access. I mean, that's one of the problems TWW always had was that despite the fantastic reporters and great coverage, Apple never had any association with the site at all. You know, they had to pay for their own re- review units. You know, companies send them products, but Apple never did. They never attended events unless they paid their own tickets and somehow got access. Mm-hmm. They were never part of the official press um, part. And that hurts you significantly because especially if you've got a sister site like Engadget that is getting invited to those events. You know, we used yeah. to always joke we would be meta-blogging the live blogs <laughs> and, you know, Engadget <laughs> would be you know, at the event and we're like reblogging what our, our, her sister colleagues are doing, you know, and sometimes we'd have better analysis than them. And sometimes we'd get different scoops and different stories and they would, you know, source things from us. But, um, it's just, it, it's difficult. I think when you don't have that level of access and then there are bigger places that do, um, it, it just, it mm-hmm. makes it hard. Uh, but, but that doesn't take away from the fact that that obviously it's very sad what's happened to with TWW and to Joystick especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels kind of like, to me, it feels kind of like the end of an era, especially since I said, you know, I, I got my start um, tech blogging for uh, for Tua. Mm-hmm. What's happening to Joystick is really interesting. I, I just read today that they are being turned into a new section of Engadget rather than, I think um, yeah. Tua is having an archive on Engadget, but right. Joystick will... Certain members of Joystick will continue reporting on Engadget and doing um, in-depth stories as well as game streaming, which is really interesting to me. And they're changing their focus to sort of gaming lifestyle rather than covering new releases and press releases and things like that, which just I think that speaks to kind of how the how game reporting is evolving. And it's as, as a writer at Pixelkin, it's really interesting because that's sort of an angle that we've gone for as well because we really want to talk about not just products but how gaming is changing people's lives and changing the way people think and the way people interact. So um, I'm really happy to see that there that I guess AOL and uh, Joystick thinks that there is a niche for that personally, you know, selfishly. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that what they're doing, I mean, it, it's a shame that they're getting rid of kind of the broader coverage and that yeah. people are, are leaving. That That's never a good thing. But I do think that I, I like the fact that they are kind of taking a, a you know, a, a pen out of what, what you guys are doing at Pixelkin's hat, which is to kind of say, we're not going to do the traditional, you know, um, news blogging thing. Um, we're going to focus on stories mm-hmm. that really matter. Um, potentially, or, or how people are really using these things, because that's how I think industries evolve. And that's how you go from mm-hmm. being something that people kind of write off and, and gaming, um, even though it is a very real industry and a very real market, still, despite how, how many billions it does each year, you know, people tend to write it off. Um, and I think when you start to, to have more um, culture um, and, and lifestyle type of reporting about it, it can be it can evolve into something you know, similar to what the entertainment industry has yeah, when you cover the actual relevance of how it fits into people's lives. Yeah. Exactly. I think, and you know, it took tech writing a long time for that. You know, personal tech blog, uh, you know, reporters, people like Walt Mossberg and David Pogue did that, you know, starting, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, we haven't really seen that with games. Um, but I think that, uh, especially once we get into some of the cultural criticism stuff, which is really starting mm-hmm. to heat up, becomes yeah. really interesting in, in a place of game reportage because to me, that's when the industry can kind of do what the entertainment industry, uh, meaning Hollywood, it has kind of done what, what we've seen happen with music and with, with film and television, where it's really 
gone from simply being kind of you know the the fanzine type of stuff into mm-hmm. real reporting. You know, you look at you know a site like Grantland, and and you know some of the things that they do are uh, kind of do the same thing with sports and with culture. So I, I think mm-hmm. it, it's encouraging. Yeah, and to return to an earlier point, like it is gutting to hear about all these people that are yes out of a job, especially working at a smaller website like to joystick seemed in, untouchable to us so we're still kind of like wow I, I can't believe that something like this could happen i i guess um i i think a difference in you know i've i've always wondered what was going to be the thing that my generation kind of we we fell off the wagon for you know like i remember talking to my grandmother and she can't use email you know or yeah maybe it's with my parents and gay rights you know <laughs> there's like there's like something your brain just can't shift and adapt to it and what I feel like it is, you know, I'm in my uh, you know, mid-30s. I feel like it's the adapting to watching video game news and this, you know, live coverage and stuff like that as opposed to reading it. Um, you know, for me personally, I vastly prefer reading my video game news. And I, and I barely, barely at all. I'd never even heard of Total Biscuit before a few months ago. I just don't, I just don't, I, I, I don't do it. It's just not how I prefer to consume news. But if you look at people that are under 30 mm-hmm. uh, that play video games, this is overwhelmingly how they choose to consume news. That's why I'm so happy to see you're doing what you're doing, Simone, over at Pixel Kim, because I think you've got the strongest chance for a job in 10 years. Totally. I mean, look at GameSpot. They laid off half their staff. They laid mm-hmm. off, you know, my friend Carolyn and then, you know, bring in my other friend Alexa to, you know, like be the be on video all day. And, you know, that's awesome. I think it's a, a smart move. It's it's hard to see that happen to your friends, but you know, it's like, you know, I, I think that's the way it's going. So I have to admit, I was I was reading I was reading the plan for joystick X and gadget. And I mean, complete respect to, to Jess and everybody that's, you know, kind of in this life salvage pod thing they've got going on there, but it seems like a bad bet for me. Um, I actually don't think there's much money in writing stories that matter. When I look at my pieces I've written, they've gone mega viral. Um, like the polygon thing I wrote, no skin thick enough. I think you find some aspect, it's it's the mashable formula, right? Like you find some emotional truth in it that makes people respond to it. And then you write a story about that. And I think without that emotional crutch, I think it's, it's, it's hard for me to get through like a really long form piece. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, and, and what your goal always is, I mean, what, what I always say is that, you know, you hope that you can have some other forms of content that will pay for the really important stuff. Right. So it doesn't matter how many people are reading it, that that, that can be what funds it. And whether that's, you know, city, you know, cat videos or, um, you know, certain lists or um, sometimes, you know, kind of, you know, um, you know, something that you might not consider as important but will be popular you hope that that's what can fund the important stuff but right. but i think you make a good point um which is to say that maybe having this sort of more long form or in-depth stuff might not be profitable i do think that it's interesting to me that and we'll have to see if they have plans for this but you know that i, I do think it's worth worth noting that probably why joystick failed is because they didn't embrace youtube and they didn't or, or twitch and they didn't embrace that type of community uh, fast enough or the right way. And 
you know, because exactly to your to your point, Bree, you know, the, the people who are growing up today, they're consuming their news that way. Right. And what you've got to do as an organization, and I mean, and that's one thing that I am very proud that Mashable has done, you know, not everything we've done has been perfect, but we've been really agile um, about adapting to new things as they've happened. And that's because that comes from the very top from our CEO. But it's one of those things where you've got to do that because you can't rest on your, on your laurels of saying, oh, well, we're joystick, we'll be around forever. Because ultimately, you're owned by someone, you have uh, profit and loss stuff, you have salaries to pay, and it either works or it doesn't. And the the brands at some points, I mean, we saw this with Macworld, right? You know, I mean, at some point, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and you either have to adapt to what the new way of, of doing things is, or you've got to pare down significantly. Yeah, man, we're going to get along with this topic today, but I think we're really getting into some interesting things here. Uh, so I was like, I was at a movie. What movie was it recently? Uh, I So I go in and they, they start the movie. It was, I think it, what, no, what was it? Uh, it? It doesn't even matter. It was like date night with my husband with movie pass, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> we go there before it. And so they have like this five minute, beautifully cinematically shot thing with uh, Yahoo News, where they're showing like the top fashion people, the top movie critics, the top makeup people, people with personalities. And they're doing this uber professionally produced video saying, this is why you should read Yahoo News. We have a voice. We have a direction. And it made me go, wow. It was about finding a personality and kind of nailing it, which is, you know, a very smart move, I felt. When it comes to like, AOL's a parent company, they seem so amorphous and behind the times. Like I was showing you guys when we were talking about the show, like this chart of their declining revenue because they actually, they get most of their money from people still subscribing to broadband, which I know to, to dial up like the nineties AOL discs that you would get everywhere and anything you bought ever. Like, and most, yes. And most of those people, most of those people, I guarantee you do not realize they are still paying. Right. Two, no, four years ago, four years ago, I tried to track down someone who was still willingly paying for AOL dial up. <laughs> and I found, um, two, I found two people, two Russian immigrants, uh, they, the Holocaust survivors, Russian immigrants who were in their late eighties who were subscribers. And I was interviewing them for the story. And then it turned out, right as we were going to print, and then we put this in the story, they wound up upgrading to Comcast because um, the grandfather dis- uh, discovered, as my friend uh, Dimitri's uh, grandparents, he discovered that there were old Russian radio um, channel videos that had been uploaded to YouTube, and they wanted to watch YouTube. And so in order to do YouTube, they had to get rid of dial-up, and that's what got them to get Comcast. Huh. So this was four years ago. I could not find... Um, people who were willingly paying for dial-up. Four years later, it is still the thing that makes them their most profit. Um, and most of the people, I guarantee you, are either convinced that if they drop the 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 dial up they'll lose their email which they won't or they just don't even know it's it's just it's just it's a it's a line item on their credit card each month and they just don't even think about it yeah yeah it's crazy it so, is but I mean their their profits are declining so it's not gonna it's not gonna last there forever you know no. and I just I I feel like I feel like when I you know 
no offense to Tua, if I could say it like that. Sure. But like the reason I wasn't a really huge fan of their of their coverage when they were around is it didn't feel like it it had a voice in the same way. Do you know what I mean? Like when I go and read I'm more, I feel like there's a voice that comes through, even though the layout yeah. makes me crazy. And <laughs> like Mac Rumor, I feel like they have a voice or, you know, doing yes. Fireball certainly has a voice. And I think, in my opinion, that's what Tua and Joystick kind of they failed lost at. that. Yeah. I, I yeah. think back in the day, and, and I can only speak, you know, for myself, but I mean, right. back in the day, there were there were those of us who definitely did and had more personality. You know, I haven't been a regular reader of Two Oz in, in years, but they used to have a talk cast, and I, I've still respected what they've done. Right. But there definitely was a change, you know, because I remember when I started actually writing, you know, it was one of the things that drew me to Two Oz was the fact that it had kind of a voice and personality. But that does kind of go away over time when you have, you know, staff turnovers and, yeah. and you've got to maintain that. And if you don't, that's a real, that's a problem. And I mean, that's one of the things I think that we can say that, or at least I think that Gawker has done better than any company out there, yeah. which is despite how many, you know, personnel changes they've had over the last, you know, 10 plus years, Gawker, all those properties have a voice. You might hate it. But there is a voice, and I know a Katie Weaver post. I know, you know, a Sam Biddle post. You know, yeah. I know uh, a post that, that that Ashley Feinberg read. Like, I know, I know these authors um, before I even look at the byline. You know, I know a Rich Jerowick post. Like, I know who these people are. Yeah, and that's something that that Gawker has done a fantastic job hiring people to to you know they don't hire people who don't have that sort of thing, or at least those types of people don't seem to last very long. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought it was really interesting this week with the, you know, my newest death threats making news, like the Jezebel post. Um, it was better written. It was more factually based. But Sam Biddle's Gawker post had that emotional edge with the yes. headline, even though the headline was kind of ableist. I didn't like that. But, you know, <laughs> it was a it was a, a piece that had less information, but it was superior at hitting your gut. And that's, I think, something that pisses me off when, you know, people, they want pretend like that's ruining news. And I disagree. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome when you as a writer can kind of get that emotional truth that makes people click on it, you know? And I think that's, I, I think in seeing Joystick, you know, cross and gadget, um, I, I'm really curious what that voice is going to be because i feel like mm -hmm. if i go to polygon i know i'm going to get a story with kind of a, a social a, a social quality edge to it like they tend to kind of color cover it that way and gorgeous layout if i go to mm -hmm. ign i know i'm going to get bro gamer news if i go to <laughs> pixel ken i'm going to get like family friendly nintendo heavy you know yeah. <laughs> cool stuff um, I really think if you're going to run a publication, you need to be extremely clear about what your voice is and who your audience is. And I think Absolutely. that's something GameSpot is kind of struggling with right now. It's just, it's so interesting to me, speaking about how video and personalities are becoming so important or are, have been so important really for a while to online publication. I I'm interested in the social currency of having a personality and having a likable personality and having a personality that comes across on video. Like, it seems to me like a barrier that we're going to have to overcome as a people where, you know, every part of your social media is going to be connected to whatever work you are doing and you will have to be a likable, understandable person at all times. I'm sure you've encountered this Brianna with um being 
the target of so many things. Like you have a personality that is very, you speak strongly about what you believe in and it's gotten you a lot of backlash. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, to be honest, but it just, <laughs> thinking about the the future of video and how we are constantly publicly putting ourselves out there yes. as who we are and what products we support and what we write about and what we believe in. Like, I, it'll, it will be interesting to see um, the position of video and all that. Not, honestly, that's why I don't write as much anymore. I don't do as many text articles because I was having trouble getting my voice across mm-hmm. and I did not feel like myself anymore. Yeah. And that's why I do video now. Well, because, I think, mm. yeah, Simone, like I, I was having a moment with you the other day and we were talking on the phone and it's just us. There's no microphones there. And <laughs> if you say to me and you go, Heck yeah. And I'm like, in, t- in my mind, I'm going like, you know, do you really think talking to Brianna Wu are going to get uh, offended if you use her <laughs> no, language? No, dude. But this is literally, who you are. This it is. This is who you fundamentally are. And that's what makes you likable. Like, my personality, take it or leave it. Like, I'm a... Mm-hmm. I'm a I am the John Gruber of tech feminism. Like, people... <laughs> people hate or love John Gruber. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with me. Do you like Brianna? Like, nobody's like, Brianna? Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> no, like, not really. Yeah, know? There needs to be like, a place for personalities like that. Big right, personalities. Right. Personalities that take no crap. <laughs> I cannot swear. I do literally say, what the hecky. I don't know if you've heard me say I it have, before, but I, I why? What the why do I say that? What the hecky? So, you know, that's me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> what the I, I am, Simone? Yes. <gasps> I'm sorry. I had I had to say that because it's just too funny. No, it's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that's why you're left shark. That's, that's why it, she's left is, shark. This is why I'm left shark. This is why I'm left shark. I, as I I sent you guys a video earlier today. I was I told the Amazon Echo to shut the fuck up, oh. and it did. I saw it. It was and hilarious. it did, and it That's did, awesome. um, and and everybody was like, "Oh, it just paused." Like, no, it 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 actually turned off. I think it actually just listens for "shut up," but but it worked with with, with me cursing, and that's all I cared about. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. All right, so let's. Uh, man, that was a that was a good discussion. I usually that was a try good discussion. Time box though at like twenty minutes, but uh, that was that was really solid. So, all right, so second topic today. We're gonna get through this one quick so we can get to the yep. awesome, awesome, yes, the final <laughs> dessert topic at the end. Which we're you mean the knife fight to. about who yes. really is left shark? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I think with language like hecky, like I, think, I was gonna say, I don't I was think gonna you're gonna be There's, there's not. Uh, we've already decided you're Katy Perry, so yeah, yeah, you're definitely <laughs> Katy Perry. You are Katy Perry. See, you like you don't curse. You're so nice. Like you've got the whole like everybody, everybody loves you thing. I, right. I guess you know Katy Perry since you watched that documentary. I, I, it, it, I, I <laughs> we're gonna talk about that too. Christina Warren, foremost Katy Perry expert. You know what? Let's 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 we'll, just get we right will into do that. the dessert now. I am deciding that we are going to screw gonna those eat autonomous the cars. Seriously, self-driving cars are cool, but let's just get into this. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay, I love. Okay, so I am a mediocre fan of Carrie Perry, Katy Perry in general. Like, you Same. know, I know the song California Girls, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like I don't like there have been a thousand times in the last five years I've like beat Siri. I'm like, play some Spice Girls. You know, I don't ever I've never said the sentence <laughs> to Siri like play some Katy Perry, you know. But but you you do say you, yeah. you do say the Siri play some Kesha, right? Because Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding God. me? She's got some great remixes. She so. really does. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. So we got to talk about 
the Super Bowl left shark, <laughs> right shark. Amazing. I thought Amazing. she freaking killed it. She did. She, she killed did. it. She killed it. She did a great job, but really, we have to talk about who really, I mean, we all talk, obviously, Left Shark was the star of the show, but no, but the real star of the show was Missy freaking Elliott. Oh my God. Yes. The moment yes. she came out, like the When sky Missy opened, came out, it I, was, it was like, oh, and Get Your Freak on Starts. And we just, time. we just, my husband and I were both <laughs> so excited. Missy looked so good. I was at a, I was at a bar last night, um, having drinks with some friends and we were talking about it, and even the bartender, we we all, all three of us had, like, a, or four of us had a massive conversation about how amazing Missy looked mm-hmm. and how much we've mm-hmm. all missed her. Oh, and it was so touching because she was on Twitter going, I, I had no idea that people missed me so much. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. Where of have you course been? we missed, like, a, a bunch of her songs are now, like, in the top ten on iTunes. Really? Like, like As yes. Like, like, yes. Like, 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 get your freak on and work it. And, like, it, like... It, so many of her songs are now like in the top like 10 on, on iTunes oh, because people are like yeah. totally remembering how amazing Missy is and we miss her and we want her back. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, come back, Missy. This is Rocket's plea to you. <laughs> it seriously is. And we like because I mean, and, and I think the Super Bowl proved that everybody was like, mm-hmm. yes, we need this. And, and, and that was just a, a great rejoinder from the insanity that was the sharks there was this let's just be honest it was a spongebob squarepants like come to life <laughs> like i don't even know how else to describe it it was and, like, great this is be- and this is before Katy perry got on the the, the more you know um you know star <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's back well, up just in case our back listeners up. Yes. have yeah. not have not understood it so simone can you give a, a brief description of left shark and right shark all right so the Super Bowl halftime show, Katy Perry emerges on an enormous lion singing her song Roar, which is about tigers, and yes, then comes out on a beach wearing a beach ball pattern dress with beach ball boobs, if you will. Yeah. Two sharks, two humanoid sharks with arms and legs at her sides, dancing, waving their fins, their extremely long fins around, their faces slightly downturned, their eyes somewhat concerned as they dance. It was a spectacle. It was literally made to be a meme. Every part of that yes, performance was, was meme worthy. So good. Every mm-hmm. part. I mean, so there was, it, it was it was made to be gifed as it was happening, which of course it was. Yeah. And I should point out, we had a team. <laughs> we had a team of, of of gifters. Like literally, like we have people who their job was to live gif the Super Bowl. <laughs> and so it was because of the halftime show. Was it a turn or was it like a senior writer? That's that's awesome. Oh no, it's, it's, it's like somebody in between. Right, right, right. That is awesome. Yeah. So not only are you on the East Coast, which means you're on the side of the Patriots, but you also say GIF instead of GIF, which um, I know this is uh, interesting for the future of our. our I, I was I was going to say I have such a crush on you, Simone, but if you're you're probably going to like not want to be my girlfriend now because I do say GIF instead of GIF. You know, that's probably true. Courtney does too, though, and I, I have to work with her every day. So I guess I will let you live. Okay. For now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, Please I uh, think about it. Think hard about your ways. At XOXO this year, uh, Louis Mantia and I ran around uh, Panic's offices in Portland asking all of the attendees who were at this party <laughs> how you say GIF or GIF. And I lost. <laughs> I lost hard. The only, my only saving grace was that the, the cable sasser says GIF. Um, and so I felt somewhat redeemed, but it was literally one of those things where we ran around all the attendees like crazy people, you know, <laughs> drunkenly asking them how you say GIF or GIF. And no one wanted to answer the question. And each time they would say GIF, I would just die. 
And so by the end of it, yes, it was it was pretty great. I, I wish we had this on video because it was great. Stick to your guns, Christina. I, 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 it's a bad format though. Like it's so compressed and lossy that I try not to, it, yeah. it offends me as like a, a graphic artist. Like the I know, but, we don't, but, but, but unfortunately for moving stuff, we haven't had any alternatives. Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe web V or, or whatever, maybe the thing imager is trying to do will, and see, again, I say imager, not imager. Maybe uh, that will end up taking off, but um, until then, to avoid pronouncing that word out loud. Right. <laughs> so, so basically, you had so Katie Perry. She's out on stage, and she's out there, and there are these two sharks dancing next to her, and palm yes. trees with their and, and, and palm, palm trees. trees. And the sharks are really they're they're super cute. Like, it is a they're really cute. cute design. So, so cute. right shark is out there, and right shark is on his moves. He's on the beat, and he right is shark, so tight. Like he is right so with shark it. Has it together. It's tight. It's tight. And then if you look at the dancer playing, like left, like right shark. Like I showed his abs to my husband. Yeah, I'm like, this oh, yeah. is the goal. Okay, like, <laughs> you need to make this happen. Like he is on it. And then left shark is all IGDAF. You know, like Left Shark is just, he looks well, kind of drunk. Well, here's no, what happened. Left yeah. Shark started out in sync and right. he was doing pretty well at first. Right. And then it just got to the point where he was, it was like halfway through the song and he just goes off the script. <laughs> left Shark is a rebel. He improvises. What he happened was... was Left Shark forgot the dance steps and got off key, <laughs> got off beat and was like, you know what? Rather than being half a step behind and not looking mm-hmm. in sync, I'm mm-hmm. just going to do my own thing and, and screw did. it. It and was he did. Glorious. It was amazing. Is brave. And and then and and then Missy Elliott came out, and then Katy Perry got on a rainbow that looked like the more you know star. Dun 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 dun. And like while she's singing Firework, and literally is like going around the stage, mm-hmm. um, up in the air, um, riding a rainbow. Because With, I might mention the world's tightest ponytail that I yes. am still concerned about to this day. <laughs> oh, I think that that was – she wears wigs for everything, yeah, I'm so I'm sure that oh, that was – Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. as, as I said, I, I watched uh, – so you, now the, the viewing audience, uh, will, listening audience will know this. As I told <laughs> Brie and Simone, um, after watching Katy Perry perform at the, um, the Super Bowl, I was – overcome with the need to watch the documentary the Katy perry concert film um part of me um and so are you okay I wasn't, because I i've wasn't, been worried about you all week i wasn't yeah. no i wasn't going to buy it because okay. you guys i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> yeah. bad enough that i bought the deluxe edition of of, of of like both of her last albums i'm not gonna buy the doc i'm, I'm not gonna do it so you i have some respect i mean come on. i have now. some respect right, right. well so I found a Vimeo video that was dubbed in Polish. <laughs> so it's in English, but it has Polish subtitles. And I was like watching this at work. I'm like trying to do my work and I'm like watching this and I'm, I'm like watching Russell Brand dis- dissolve their marriage over text. <laughs> Oof. And you would think she and Taylor Swift would get along. They've both been dumped over text, yeah. but no. Um, well, and that's because Katie stole her dancers in this, this whole fight. And frankly, I'm Team Taylor. But um, no, so I, I spent a, an enormous amount of time watching the, the, the Part of Me documentary and uh, slash concert film. And 
in that you get to see her in in all of her wigs and and girl has some serious wigs so rest assured simone it might be the tightest ponytail ever but a i bet that hair was synthetic and b there's no way that that was actually like her hair i'm sure that that was a wig um kind of Uh not bald but she has short hair and like wears like a, a wig cap yeah that is very convenient I want you to know, I just started typing Katie into Google. I typed Katie, and the first result is Katy Perry Super Bowl Shark, followed by Katy Perry, then Katy Perry Sharks. <laughs> um, so that that's the level that we're at now. These we are. We are at this. And and as we mentioned at the, at the kind of the top of the show, like the um, – or I'm not sure if this made the show, but the Kim Kardashian uh, – actually, this is breaking news. Glue, the company that makes the Kim Kardashian mobile game, is going to be making a game with Katy Perry. Yes. And I'm telling you guys right now – if they don't make an IAP of the left shark, there is something seriously is wrong with everyone. Because frankly, like this is some like, you know, like clash of clans, mm-hmm. like every, like all of your money will go to this. Mm-hmm. Christine, you th- should get out of tech and like, just go run this, be the like CFO <laughs> of that company. Like I'm, I want you're not left wrong. Shark. You're not wrong. Right. You're not wrong. I really, that this is what I should probably be doing is like I, strategy and product development for this sort of thing. You're not even remotely wrong. I just this is this, probably what I need to do. I have this image in my mind of Christina Warren walking into a meeting with like, you know, skirt suit and you look, you have your yep. glasses and all of that. And then you're just doing a PowerPoint presentation with left shark. <laughs> and then all, all it says is more. And then it's spelled more M-O-A-R. More left shark. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> So how fast was the person – there is a person who is selling left shark suits, or they have a, a campaign Etsy. to make those suits? Okay. Yeah. There, there are Etsy shops that I've seen yeah. already, yes. It is incredible. I, before the Super Bowl was over, before Russell Wilson, my beautiful angel, shed his tears over the battlefield with the Patriots, suits were being planned, gifts were being made, memes were being yes. memed. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. There is. There was a, a Caitlin Dewey at um, the Washington Post wrote a thing today. Meet the artist making your left shark portraits, cookie cutters, and baby onesies. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god and wow. and there is already yes, there are already a bunch of Etsy shops set up for there are already left shark cookie cutters. I'm not joking, you guys. Now what we need now is to have like the candle, um, mm-hmm. the the left shark you know candle is what we really need. Um, I have a proposition, which is that when this year is over, we have a rocket retrospective of the best memes of the year. Yeah. Because oh, will Left Shark, that is that as high as we're going to go or will we fly even I don't know higher? because because Pharrell's hat, we might have a moment like that that really just takes <sighs> things over. Or, you know, text from Hillary, which was like the best meme of that year. So yeah. sometimes things come mm-hmm. early in the year and stick around. And then sometimes like... You know, it's like Gangnam style, and you're like, "Who cares?" Or, yeah. or like, like Harlem Shake, and you're like, "What?" But I feel like Left Shark touches my heart. Yeah, it does. No, yeah. Left Shark, I think it's gonna, it's, it, I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be around for a while. But uh, Left Shark is lovable, and he, he's a character. He's he, has he a is future. a character. Did you guys see the AMA with the Left Shark? Yeah, <gasps> I saw it with the shark, but not left shark. Himself. It was the shark. We didn't know which one it was. Right. But we yeah, haven't been able to that. figure out the identity yeah, of of, yeah. of left shark. I mean, this was this was the real mystery that everyone had to unvolve on Monday was who was the left shark because there were two sharks and they both were like, "Oh, I was the shark in the Super Bowl." It's like, no, 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 no. Which was the left shark? And so then you know you got to think if you're that person, you're like, well. Do I want to say I was the good dancer, or do I want to say I was the person who stole the internet? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's the identities choice. were. Yeah, I know what I'd choose. Always steal the internet. 
completely i mean mm-hmm. this is exactly it's like whether it's it's you know you're kim kardashian and you're showing your bare ass on the cover of paper magazine or <laughs> you're a left shark and you are stealing the show away from everyone except for missy elliott who i will say <sighs> she was still the hero of the super bowl period yep. well yep. she and uh the kid who uh caught that interception man <laughs> uh, i'm so sorry simone like you guys like should have won it's fine it's you fine. guys you guys should have won but man and then the fight that it broke was a out. good game it was a oh better game god. than last year by oh my god so much better than last year in terms of people actually playing football sorry peyton manning i'm so you sorry. guys like like the last like 10 minutes of that game were the most insane minutes of football i've ever seen in my life i'm not even a yeah. sports person but when yeah. that fight broke out on the field I, mm-hmm. it was like that was hockey right there and i was like oh, yeah. holy crap this is amazing like i i was i was live tweeting something was happening because i just couldn't even believe it i was turning to my husband going Huh. And I was thinking, you know, if this happened every game, I would totally be a football fan. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, b- oh. B- by everything, I mean a left shark, Missy Elliott, um, a fight on the thing, and an interception at, at the one yard line. Like, all mm-hmm. of those things together would have to happen. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then I would, I would be a football fan. Can, uh, before we move on, can I tell you guys my story about meeting Peyton Manning? Yes. Please tell us. We wouldn't hear all about so, it. So, uh, you know, he went to Old Miss, right? So he was at Old Miss the same time I was at Old Miss. So um, anyway, so I, I'm talking to him. Um, well, basically, he's just like this dude in my biology class, right? <laughs> so I'm just talking to him like after it. I'm like, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I'm majoring in uh, journalism. What do you do? He goes like, yeah, I'm on the football team. And I go, oh, that's cool. What What position? <laughs> He's like, I'm the quarterback. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's cool. And that's it. Like, that, was my, that was my one interaction oh my with God. him. So, yeah. And he's probably like, he was like, who the hell is this person? Yeah, exactly. You guys should reconnect. We should. He's like, how, how do you we not know who I am? About. Although, you know what? I think that it's probably good for people to be humbled sometimes. We're like, you know, you imagine you're Peyton Manning and you're mm. a school like, like Ole Miss and like everybody – knows who you are because you're the freaking QB. Right. So it might be good. I mean, kind of like, I mean, I imagine maybe you're like, you know, again, you're Kim Kardashian and maybe somebody comes up to you and they're like, who are you? Right. Um, You know, maybe it's like a humbling thing where like you are like, huh, okay, there are still people that I haven't, that that don't know who I am. I mean, granted, there are certain people who everyone knows who they are. Like, even if you're like Beyonce, for instance. Right. Like if if you're Mm -hmm. like, like small children in Africa who've never seen television know who Beyonce is. Because she's just we, magic. If but, we talked to Peyton Manning today, he would say, "My entire career is because of that that mysterious woman." <laughs> I would who agree didn't with recognize that. me. I was, was driven. He was. I was driven to make sure that she would know who I was, <laughs> and that every time she would watch a, a Manning on television, whether a Peyton or Eli or don't they have like Chelsea? Exactly. Exactly. That there would mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. there would be someone who would go. That's it. There's that guy in my biology class. Beautiful, <laughs> poetic, really. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Without you, Bree, right? Peyton Manning never would have done ever, all the things that he's done. It's very true. It's very true. Awesome. So let's uh, let's uh, hit this third topic super, yeah. super quickly. So yeah. there were some drums this week <laughs> in between uh, in between Uber and uh, mm-hmm. and, Google. and Google. So basically, uh, God, I thought this was I. This is my favorite post of the week on Daring Fireball. Like, I love, yes, I yes, love, I do love this. I yes. I love like when John Gruber goes 
it's all catty commentary and stuff. Like, sometimes I'm going like, oh, man, this isn't super professional, but I still love it because it's so delicious at the same time. So he was kind of going uh, catty yes. on uh, Uber, who, Christine, you and I have different opinions on them. So yes, we'll, we do. we'll come to them we'll that come to in that. a minute. But basically, Uber was, um, it, they were working with the university, weren't they, as far as like uh, Carnegie of, Mellon. They were right. working with Carnegie Mellon University right. on driverless right. cars. Right. And to be, mm-hmm. and to be fair, um, uh, Travis Kalanick, their CEO, has made it very clear. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, maybe people and drivers don't like them that much. Is he's been very clear. He's like, yeah, you know what? In like five years, I don't even want to have any drivers. Right. <laughs> All driverless cars. Like he says this out loud. Like you, you think that you don't say it. Oh like maybe don't piss off the people that are driving for you right. and making your business. Right. Maybe. Right. But hey. But yeah, so they're working with Carnegie Mellon University on on some projects for or for research for self driving cars. Smart, smart. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I have a friend of mine that uh, she works for Tesla as an engineer, and mm-hmm. I, I remember I was talking to her because she, her job was to take the Chinese model of the Tesla and to basically wire in their navigation system. Like it, it worked with, you know, American navigation systems and to basically get the, the, the Chinese version of Tesla to like wire into those databases and have it work with the firmware and, and everything. And, you know, she was talking and she's like, you know, this just isn't, I mean, it's a it's a job, and they're cool to work for. But this is not a really cool engineering challenge. And if you think about like driverless cars, this is a really yes. interesting mm-hmm. engineering challenge. I mean, usually fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just gonna say, I think it's totally necessary for moving forward. As I was thinking about it today, I I love driving, but the fact that we still power these machines with our feet and turn things with our hands hurtling down highways at 70 miles an hour with other people in their own little tin cans is ridiculous and but i'm worried about the i guess the technological factors that have to be taken into account and how human error is unless we all have autonomous vehicles human error is always going to be present no definitely that is worrisome Right, no, but 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 to Bree's point, I mean, like a good friend is saying, like driverless cars are this really super interesting engineering challenge, and that's why mm-hmm. all of the car companies have been investing this big time. You know, Google obviously has been investing in this for a long time, and 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 they want to get cars on the roads within five years. But every major car company has entire teams dedicated to this step. And we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. prototypes from all these companies. But yeah, exactly, Simone. Like, the big question that I always have with it is, okay, if we all have them, then that's one thing. But all it's going to take is one jackass who is not, still not paying attention and, and crashes into your, you know, driverless car. Um, yeah, it's going to happen. It's it is going to happen. Yeah. And, and, or, and then also what's inevitable is that there will be something that will be some sort of glitch or programming thing or something that happens and a driverless car crashes into somebody else mm-hmm. and there's, uh, there's a fatal accident. And then that'll, you know, uh, people will say, well, this will kill the entire industry. And if it won't, of course, but, nope. you know, life will move yeah. on. But, you know, these are the challenges they have to solve. And, and they're really interesting things about, you know, um, because even like, like the whole like anti-lock brake technologies and, and some other things that are happening with powered, human powered cars stuff, just of the engines and of the AIs in the computers being able to sense objects and to react um, more quickly, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to, to prevent accidents, you know, you think about how much more control you have over that if you have control over the whole system. Right. You know, I think that there's a lot of, you know, things with like motion sensors and, 
and and cameras and and recognition object recognition stuff and and all kinds of other models yeah. that'll I as from an engineering perspective I I think that those are really fascinating questions to to answer and that's probably why everybody's so obsessed with it. Well, that's I mean mm-hmm. that's what's really interesting like when it comes to like identifying where the lane is. Like let's just take the the most basic problem you can have. Like where can the car drive? Where can it not drive? So you've got to use map data to kind of interpolate with camera sensor data to, you know, figure it out where the where the lines are. You have to figure out like when there aren't you know, yellow lines there. I mean, this isn't something we exactly have existing, you know, APIs or frameworks for, you exactly. know, like this is all new stuff that we've got to invent. And there's not really, I mean, I'd imagine there's some prototype stuff that you can kind of start building off of, but this is, it's, it's an entirely new frontier, which is what makes it, it's so exciting. Um, I also think there's like the whole insurance perspective of it. I mean, yes. so what happens, like, Accidents are going to happen. Software is going to fail. These cars are going to go off the road. Someone's going to get killed eventually. Like, it's it's just math. Mm-hmm. And I, that's obviously sad. But so how do you get insurance regulation for a driverless car? Car Like, am I the person with the car? Like, what, it's a software failure. I didn't build the right. software. How do you figure mm-hmm. out these problems? So I, I think that's exactly. fascinating. Exactly. No, it definitely. And then you also look at things like, you know, a lot of insurance takes into account, you know, road conditions. And yeah. was there some sort of problem with, you know, the ramp or was there some sort of problem someplace else? And, and, and you've also got to keep in mind, you know, yeah, if there's a software problem, was the firmware updated or, you know, were, were mm-hmm. things updated across stuff or was there a fuel problem or whatever? Um, there will probably be a manual be update or an automatic precisely. One, you know. Oh, it, well, I mean, that became a whole thing. Um, I think this week or last week, you know, BMW, there was, uh, <laughs> they were not using HTTPS on their, um, uh, in car systems. And as a uh-huh. result, someone was able to basically, you could hack into someone's, you know, key and unlock their doors and, and that sort of thing, um, using their, their in car infotainment systems. They, they've mm-hmm. issued an over the air update that was automatic. But it may, but it, but it made me think, you know, a lot of these embedded systems, it, it's not yet at the point where they're updating automatically. Tesla does a really good job with that, but not everybody is like that. And so, you know, if we started getting to the point where, you know, it's literally a car that's driving you around, you know, keeping abreast of that stuff. And then what happens mm-hmm. when that technology becomes end of life? You know, how do you get the cars off the road? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, is is is, yeah. is is there a kill switch? And if there is a kill switch, then what does that say? If I'm am I just renting something? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, there are so many. Yeah, how do you keep questions. the users updating their product? Right, when, precisely. My car is from 1988. I've probably mentioned this before. You have a 1988 car? Holy oh crap. yeah, it's older than me. So that you know, is for someone sexy. like me, who, oh I know. God. Well, wow. hmm, with all the dents and stuff, yeah, wow. so sexy. But yeah, for someone like me who doesn't have a financial incentive to upgrade, would it be? Would I? I'd be forced into an upgrade for safety reasons. Precisely. I hope I would, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to kill people. What kind but, of well, car Well, no, I would hope it? so too, but how do you, yeah, what kind of car is it? <laughs> it's a Toyota Tercel. Oh, that's Six awful. Shift. Oh my oh, God. What? Oh, oh. I love I have car. a Honda Accord and I'm judging you right now. That's what, what, sad. What's, what's your car's name, Simone? Pip. 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 P-I-P. Pip. Oh, Pip. Okay, nice. Because oh. <laughs> it's very small and gray. Okay. Okay, so like uh, like great expectations. Exactly. I think that's where it came from. Actually, my brother named it. Um, so yes, <laughs> the very the opposite of what we're talking about is my car, literally, because it is a hunk of 
metal. That well, yours has is technically no a classic, right? Like it doesn't have to. Like, aren't there like? No, no. Seriously though, because there, there are like it doesn't have to uh, adhere to as stri- as stringent of, um, I guess, emissions tests uh, after after they're more than a certain number of years old, right? I hope that's true because I've have never to pay had for one. a real license. I mean, like a license plate. <laughs> I, it's my little toy car, and I put on my clown costume when I drive it. Um, so, <laughs> Simone and Pip. Simone yeah. and Pip. This is a new. This is a new show for Cartoon Network. Actually, that thank is. you. I'll send you a picture of my car, and then you won't call it a classic anymore. No, seriously, I love my car. I will defend my it with my life because it is very wow. sturdy. Wow. Somehow, it has not broken down in all the many many years it has been alive. Um, to return to, I actually wait, wait, I was just I'm looking at pictures of toy editor cells in the in the <sighs> Skype chat. Thanks. Oh, that is. <laughs> this is really fantastic. That is. That is so, super pimps. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys. Now you know yeah, how I roll. I thought I was cool because I have a Honda, like, motorcycle, like a CBR bike out of Akira. Well, but you think. Yeah, your bike cool. is really awesome. No, it's With your not fast bike and this. your leather clothes and yeah. your, you know, your Enterprise, stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's nothing compared to me and my clown costume and my tiny car. Would you say it's the left shark? Of cars, <laughs> I would. I, I would agree. See, this is what it is. You have the left shark of cars right now. Is what you've you got. I know. I have a Thank pink Schwinn. That that that's <gasps> my ride. What? That's so cool. That is. I have a really pink. Cool. I, have a, I have a pink retro Schwinn. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. I, I I I take public transportation and Uber, and that's basically what that's I do. Awesome. So so let's get into it. Like I mean, talking about Uber. So. I, I sense you and I will probably have more agreement with this than we might have disagreement, Christina. But, you know, mm-hmm. my my experience with uh, Uber, I, I first used them at PAX Prime this year when I was speaking, and it was it was a disastrous experience. Like, the car ended up, like, taking me, mm-hmm. um, like, 30 minutes out of the way. The driver got lost. It took him, like, 30 minutes to get there. It was just absolutely disastrous. But, you know, in keeping on using the service, service um you know, particularly like you know i'm going to uh you know for a television appearance like they'll usually send a car or send uber x or something like that um it's it's turned out to be a really good service since then at least here in boston um very often like rather than pay thirty dollars to park my car for a few hours like i did this when i went to microsoft the other day i just ubered there and ubered back because it, it costs exactly the same it's like why even stress that stuff so I, I really love the service, but my hesitation with Uber obviously comes from, you know, some frankly very disturbing stories that, yeah, I've heard from their, from, you know, journalists that basically Uber has advocated like going and investigating and digging up dirt on <laughs> to the point where Ashton Kutcher yeah, is even getting yeah, involved. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. No, but, but anyways, it, what's funny about the whole Uber, you know, thing, and, and obviously it's terrible, so I've had to like, we all have to defend Sarah Lacey, who, to her credit, you know, what happened and, and what was reported was terrible. Uh, I do think she's used it to her advantage to kind of maybe be a canary in a coal mine to a certain extent. Um, I'm not defending what they did by any stretch of the imagination at all. Uh, but at the same time, um, I've, my Lyft situations, and I've used Lyft twice in San Francisco, neither of them were positive. I was hit on by both drivers and one oh. driver actually texted me after I was out of the car. And I've never had that situation with Uber. Wow. As a company, I personally have problems with some of the things Uber does. And I, and I won't disagree with that or discount that. I guess the reason 
I personally, and, I, and I'm, I'm only speaking for myself, I can't speak for anyone else, why I'm okay using them as a service, is that living in New York where the taxi system, I see firsthand how corrupt it is. And that, yeah. frankly, the mafia still controls the cab industry. Um, I figure, you know, this is an entire industry that is messed up. And so I, I guess I feel weird holding one company to higher standards than the entrenched industry because mm-hmm. it's, they're all crooks. They're yeah. all terrible. So I'm just going to go based on the user experience that I have. Now, if I were in your situation, Bree, where I had someone take me 30 minutes out of my way and get lost and have that stuff happen, or a situation my friend Carrie had when she was in LA and her Uber driver basically kidnapped her, oh. she passed out in the car and then woke up like in a parking lot and, and then he took her back the right way and, and, and the fare was ridiculously, ridiculous amounts of money. It was a bad experience. If I'd ever had anything like that happen, I would not use the service mm-hmm. because I haven't personally you know, and I did exactly, you know, to me, that comes, that becomes more important than what is the company doing? Because frankly, I don't buy, I mean, Lyft's whole argument seems to be, we're not assholes. That's why you should use us. And my, my, my point is twofold. One, prove it. Two, I'm not convinced that you can actually disrupt and win in this industry unless you're an asshole. I, I don't hear anything here we disagree on. I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I think, like, if you look at the way cab companies work, they're basically entrenched interests and they have political, uh, you know, tendrils in the system, like with licensing yes. and all of that. It's horrendously inefficient. It's bad for the consumer. And, you know, I'm happy to see it disrupted. And I, I completely agree with you on that. Although, um, you know, every time I get an Uber lift i end up talking to the driver and it seems like it's sometimes not the greatest deal for them either yes but yes yeah that's that's a side um i think it's a great service i've never had anything but a 10 out of 10 experience here in boston using them and like as an engineer my brain goes mathematically this is an n of one it's anecdotal and you know it doesn't really it's it's all odds it's like buying a hard drive you know i've had a mac store hard drive <laughs> fail and i've had a seagate hard drive I fail. You know, like, it's just inevitable. You're going to have bad experiences. For me, the problem I have with them is, obviously, you know, I'm kind of known professionally as someone that speaks up on women in tech issues overall. Definitely. And I see a pattern of behavior from, you know, basically their corporate leaders that seems a little deranged. Um, and that troubles me. I kind of agree with you. It's you know, you're going to have disruptive, terrible, you know, activity Mm -hmm. no matter what. But um, I don't know. It just, it really concerns me. But it's more, it's not specifically Uber. Like this, this scares me all over tech, you know? so Right. No. Mm -hmm. And and I I think you make a good point. And I think it's important to think about those sorts of things. And I certainly know people, I mean, like my, my, one of my friends and my coworkers, Chris Taylor, quit using Uber after the, the Sarah Lacey incident. And he was a big fan of the service and, and switched to using Lyft instead. And and people who want to make those decisions, I completely respect that. Me personally, um, I'm going to be honest and be selfish. It's going to take something for it to have like a real impact in my life for me to not use something that is genuinely useful. Or it's going to have to be something that is so egregious that it goes beyond what has happened thus far. That's not to say that some of the things they've done are not problematic and, and that I don't kind of feel grimy about it. But by the same token, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a pragmatist in, in the sense that 
there's so many companies that do so many terrible things, not just in tech, but everywhere. It's like, yeah. where do you draw the line? And we have to make, people have to make those decisions for themselves. And I fully support people who make the decision and say, you know what? I can't support this company because I don't agree with their policies. Yeah. I completely understand and respect that. For yeah. me, it hasn't yet reached the point where I'm, I, I'm going to do that. Um, if it gets to that point, you know, then I have no problem saying no matter how much I like this service, I won't do it. It's like, that's why I don't shop at Walmart. You know, there, there are certain things that certain lines mm-hmm. that I won't cross personally, but. That's um, fair. And I think that, that consumer revolt, it, I think I, I admire people who do boycott things, but I think on an individual level, it is ultimately very useless. And I feel bad saying that, but I think you're no, right. No, it, it is. It though, does, yeah. It's mathematically useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you know, it's got, usually something's got to be so bad and has to be so terrible and in the case of uber you know i think it would come down to the service has to suffer and i have noticed you know in new york uber is a little different than in other cities and that all the drivers are licensed so whether you get an uber x or you're in the traditional uber black car service it's a licensed driver mm-hmm. and so that makes it a little bit safer and a little bit better uh, but in some cities you know where you know you're getting uber x and it's just some dude driving his car hoping you know to earn some money um, on the one hand, that's great. On the other hand, you know, they don't maybe do enough background checks. That actually bothers mm-hmm. me more than some of their policies about other things is actually, and not just Uber in this case, but Lyft and any of them is that, you know, yeah. what, what are they doing to ensure the safety of their customers when you're letting just anybody drive stuff around? And these are the questions I think that these companies are going to have to answer. I mean, Airbnb has some of the same exact, you know, questions that they have to face. And that's why it's interesting when we talk about self-driving cars, because eventually those are things that will have the potential to replace those entire industries. And on the one hand, that's terrible because people will be out of work. But on the other hand, it does alleviate a lot of potential problems. Like, <laughs> do I trust the person that I'm getting in the car with? Yeah. 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 So there are these smart cars. They're called Anki Drive. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's A-N-K-I. Mm-hmm. And yes. They... The Israeli company Apple featured them at a mm-hmm. WWDC Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool moment. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that sort of because they sense the edges of the track and they yes. can self-drive on the track. I'm wondering if that technology can be adapted for these larger cars that, in fact, we people need to ride in. It seems like that, like you were talking earlier about t- detecting the edges of the lane and um, how many algorithms would be needed to... I, I I still think that's really, like, being able to see incoming objects and things like that is really necessary. But if they would just not go off the road in the first place, that would be super cool. Yeah. No, I mean, especially if you think about like the fact that, you know, we're doing so much with with mapping and and Mm -hmm. updating terrains and stuff. So you're getting a much better sense of what the roads are like and what conditions are like than you ever have before. That if when you're, you know, painting things, maybe use a special type of paint on the highway or on the roadways and that those things are, you know, able to be um, sensed by the computers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's so much we could do to make it more possible, I think, on a, a public level for autonomous cars to be a reality. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's probably what will have to happen, uh, you know, it, it's, assuming they get approved, is that mm-hmm. where they'll be approved, they have to have, you know, certain provisions in place, whether it's certain types of paint or asphalt or sensors, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, beacons could be really useful there, too. You know, just having oh, all yeah. these sensors everywhere to really kind of let you know these are where the edges are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think uh, I think we should finish up the show. This was a very lively discussion. So it's a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Christina, what are you doing this week? So what I'm actually working on this week, um, Apple just released uh, the first developer uh, beta for their new Photos app 
for cool. OS 10 Yosemite. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so I've been playing a lot with that, doing some hands-on for Mashable, um, playing along with it um, on a, a, an iPhone that, that I was given that had a big photo library. And basically, their new Photos app is kind of a combination of what iPhoto was and Aperture was. But built oh, from the really? Wow. Yeah, built from the ground up. Wow. Um, we can talk oh more gosh. about it um, next week. Um, and uh, but, but it's now part of the developer seed of Yosemite, and uh, I've been having fun with that. So. Are you able to say if it sucks? Is it better it's good, than... actually. Okay, yeah. No, it's good. I mean, you know, they've, they've done a really good job with it. It's it's. Um, I like the editing controls a lot. They've done a really nice job of making it both something you can really drill into, but also mm-hmm. easy for beginners um i think they've really found a nice balance and it's a really nice way to have all of your photos across all your devices and then using icloud drive you can literally have you know your entire you can put your entire iphoto what was your iphoto library you know on the cloud and then have it instantly accessible on your iphone or your ipad so um it's it's a cool it's cool stuff we can talk more about it next week but that's uh that's what i'm working on right now is just um playing with the new photos app and that is so uh, cool Will I be yeah. able to Photoshop myself onto, say, an animal? <laughs> say a shark? Say uh, a left shark? You know, there's not really that type of editing tool, but... Well, that's but, right. But we'll... I, there are things we can do. There are things, we'll, we'll talk. The future is bright. Well, the future is bright. We can certainly make you a, a shark-themed photo book. Oh, that would be lovely. Would that be awesome? That's what we've got to do. We've got to make Simone a shark themed photo book and then have it sent to you and and you can like show it off in your videos. Okay. Oh yeah. It'll be right there in the background. Fantastic. All right. So Brianna, what are you doing this week? I want to talk more about iPhoto. (laughs) I have a lot of problems with that program, but we'll save it for next week. I can't wait. Man, I just, I can't believe, oh, I'm I'm not going to get started with that because I'm just going to rant for a long time. What am I doing this week? Uh, Let's see. I've got appearances in court about death threats um to be honest like my job right now is really weird um you know like uh revolution 60 was uh so we got a we got a final build of the pc version and i've got to um i've got to um you know up res a few textures and add a few texture decals and change a few words for some action events but um it's a it's a really good port i'm I'm very proud of it it was it was not easy to kind of um you know take a game that was made for you know touch interface and to Mm -hmm. translate that to a mouse and keyboard and something i was very cognizant of is i wanted you to never have to have your hand leave uh, your laptop, if you're using a laptop with the trackpad, mm. though you can use one with like an external mouse, we we were very careful to not require you to use an external mouse, which oh, is God, something I'm a lot so of... Oh, I'm so happy to yeah, hear that. Yeah, it makes me crazy when games do that. So um, I'm really, really proud of it. But, um, you know, we put you on uh, Steam Greenlight, and there's been a little bit of drama <laughs> around oh. it as like Gamergate works to destroy everything I do professionally, no matter mm-hmm. what. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like well, it, because uh, the free market is a lie, of course. It, it is. Know. Well, mm-hmm. no, but it's it's been Fifth. doing amazingly. Like, uh, in, in 24 hours, we're already up to the uh, 50th game on Steam Greenlight out of, like, 2,000. So, uh, you know, I, I expect us to be greenlit any second now. Um, That's really awesome. It's it's awesome, but it's 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 really 
hard emotionally to have something, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't just Brianna Wu that made this game, this entire team of, of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard on us to just watch people attack it because they dislike, you know, my stance on equality. So mm-hmm. that's been, it's been really exhausting this week. So we'll have, we'll have yeah. more of that. Um, let's see, we, can I be honest? Like right now I have so many invites to go speak at colleges that <laughs> we've been, we've been just... Uh, it's just, it's like all these back and forths at where I'm going to go speak when and travel stuff. And, you know, I've, um, I've started imposing like really steep speaking fees for this because I can't like travel at infinitum, you know, like yeah. I need people to, to pay me to do it. It's, you mm-hmm. know, my time. So we're like working that out for this year and travel for GDC and PAX. So it's just all over the map. God, yeah, March is going to be insane. Yeah. Oh, oh, I also have um, I have a column, a new column that's going to be out all this year in uh, Mac Life, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and I should have a uh, I should have a piece coming up in Bustle very soon. Also, nice. okay, so I'm going to tease something. I can't tell you the news I had today, but I can tell you the stuff that is going on is probably going to make national news reasonably soon. So, and it's great news for every single woman in tech. So I'm really excited. It's been a, I know it's been a good day and a bad day. So yeah. I'm glad that some good things are happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the (laughs) pile of crap. Yes. That's a pretty (laughs) accurate description. Yeah. yeah, it's little gems in the, the pile of crap that keeps <laughs> flowing through Brianna's life. That's true. Cool. Um, I I finished I finished working on a writing project, which I'm really excited about, and I'm starting a new one. So uh, just trying to get back to my personal writing, I guess. And um, what is your personal writing? I am actually working on a submission for. Um, a romance anthology about aromantic really? and asexual characters. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's called Solitary Traveler. It's with less than three press. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my God, I just realized we totally didn't talk about Pitch Perfect, but that's fine. Um, and other than that, I also got to interview um, Eline Media, who made Never Alone. So I went over there. They are actually, oh, their cool. offices are oh, cool. really yeah. close to ours. So we just popped over had lunch, uh, did a tour of their office and interviewed them. And so that I will be working on this week. And that was just a really great experience. It's great to connect with people who make games that I admire. <laughs> Were you just gushing at them the whole time? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was drinking water and trying not to be too nervous about technological failure. Oh, oh. man. They're really, they're really great. I love their office space too. And it, it seems like a really, they're a very devoted team to what they're doing. So yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. That's me. All right. So Christina, where can we find you online? So you can find me at a film underscore girl where, um, uh, I think that I'm going to change my display name to left shark. Yeah. yeah. You have to. Uh, I might, might do it just for a day. So uh, I'll be left shark for a day. Um, if you and, don't, uh, I will. Okay, uh, so I'm film <laughs> underscore girl on Twitter. You can find me at mashable.com slash people slash Christina. And uh, yeah, that's me. All right, Brianna, where can we find you? Uh, you can obviously find me at the Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan 1994 Museum. What <laughs> those people, they, 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 yes. they've invited me to, to their apartment in Williamsburg. <gasps> oh my God. And I'm totally oh going to go after the Kickstarter is over. I'm totally going. I'm going to do a tour. So, we're, oh my we're there. God. You, that you, is going to be the best viral video ever. It is. And actually, you know what? You need to take the train and just come with me. Yeah. Are you kidding Please me? Please do it. 
Dude, no, just do I, it. You got to do it. You're just going to take the like, train and do it with me. You make time for the important things, right? So, I mean, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, 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 so you are at the Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding Museum. Yeah, got it. Yeah. No speaking fee for the Tony Harding Nancy I, Kerrigan. I will waive my speaking fee for that. <laughs> um, I just hope it has, like, never forget. Are they going to have, like, the actual, like, a replica of the weapon, like, in a glass case? <laughs> That would be awesome. Oh my god, that's a great idea. You should like recommend that to them through Kickstarter. Yeah, I'll, well, yeah. that won't be taken if, out of context at all. Everyone, Twitter, if you so. look up on Kickstarter, has twenty eight days to go. The Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan nineteen ninety four museum, which will be in a hallway. I'm in for and five dollars in, in an apartment in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's already more than doubled its goal, and uh, you guys, it's awesome. It's yep. basically the potato mm-hmm. salad of. Uh, it's it's of only <laughs> like basically it's only two hundred twenty five dollars, but you know what? It's so worth your money because I mean, frankly, I think this is the most important thing we can all donate to. Yeah. I How mean, do we want to be remembered as a generation? <laughs> I want to know that I gave money to a, a museum in some people's apartment. Mm-hmm. Frankly, yeah. I I feel better about myself for that. But. I I don't I don't like to brag so much, but I did pay one fifth one-fifteenth of their entire uh budget for this museum so <gasps> i feel like they should they should like allocate one-fifteenth of this mm-hmm. to like the brianna Wu, yeah like yeah you know, for my five dollars the brianna Wu um wing, wing of, of their the mu- hall section right. of wall yeah hey. maybe a tile on the floor oh, yes I would, I would appreciate that and so. and hey with the two of us together because i also pay like one-fifteenth like we should have a rocket like yeah. there should be a plaque for a rocket. We there. should really do that. Should be. Go we... into their apartment with a sharpie and just draw the logo on the wall. We fa- found her. We found yes. it. So, we found yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. you both got the Christy Yamaguchi package. Yes, I believe that's that's wonderful. <laughs> Which just I haven't thought of her in like two decades. So it's like, oh, it was oh so fantastic. God. Oh my God. The Christy Yamaguchi package. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I'm on uh, the Twitter machine under Space Cat Gal, where I have a fun and interesting Twitter account. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it is a barrel of, of laughs and entertainment and joy. It is. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. And I'm on Twitter at Doom Quasar, and um, that's. <laughs> That's all I have to say about me. And at pixelkin.org. You can find me at pixelkin.org and also on YouTube. The words come out of my face. I have multiple Pixelkin YouTube channels. Uh, right On the podcast, you don't see the words come out of my face. But on the YouTubes, you can see them come out um, in live live feed. So, yeah, watch the YouTubes. Thank you. Right. Yep. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.